Hey, everyone. Happy Friday. It's podcast day, and I'm saying it because Ben loves when I say that. It is podcast day. We're happy to be here with you. Um, welcome to the Citizens Advisory Podcast presented by the Citizens Advisory of Pennsylvania. I'm Jess Stallnecker, Executive Director, and I'm here with our Vice President, Ben Herring. Um, if you are in our Facebook group, or maybe if you read the newspaper, you know that last Friday, um, we received some really good news regarding the 2022 election debacle in Luzerne County. So if you're listening from out of the area, it was national news. We had uh, an issue with our polls in a Luzerne County. It was literally national news. So Luzerne County was popping up all over all the national news stations. We ran out of paper ballots. It was a nightmare. So um, we did file a few right to no's. We asked for certain things. I'm going to have Ben tell the story, but we got a really important ruling last Friday that came to our mailbox and we promised to share the news with our membership on Monday night in our in-person meeting, which we did. Um, but we thought it would be fun to share the story with you here on our podcast in case you weren't at the meeting, in case you're not following. Um, so Ben, thanks for being here. I'm excited to get this started. Yeah, thanks for having me. We'll cut right to the chase here. So um, those who do not remember November of 2022, it's, it's almost unconscionable what happened. During the midterm elections, folks in Luzerne County that went out to vote um, and pave a way for the future, right? We elect our, you know, we elect our officials to do things that we want them to do. Literally and the fundamental right in our country. Literally the fundamental right in our country. Yes. If you don't like something, fix it, change it. The way to do that is to go to the ballot box and change it. So Correct. it was just, it was appalling to see that during the midterm elections, when folks were showing up, I mean, my phone was going off at eight o'clock, eight thirty, nine o'clock in the morning, talking with some other colleagues of ours. And I just couldn't believe my ears. They said, a lot of precincts are running out of paper. I said, how do you run out of paper on election day for such an important election where we picked our governor, our senator, yeah. local races were decided in that. It literally was so, um, you know, crucial because the Pennsylvania House flipped from 102, well, it is now, I think it's 102 to 101 Democrat mm -hmm. majority over Republican. So depending on what party's in power, that's where the priorities are going to be at, right? right? It's huge. It's huge. So it was just, again, unconscionable. And I could not fathom how we ran out of ballot paper. So clearly, let's just break it down ABC style real quick. If a computer doesn't have paper to print, then you can't go to your little electronic voting tablet, click all your buttons and hit the print button and then go to the tabulator and drop it in because there's nothing to print it off on, right? And just in case, like, because this is something I know every single time I, it seems like every single time there's an election, like it's a different process. But um, this particular one, you voted on a screen and then you printed out the ballot that you like with your selections. And then you had to feed that ballot into a counter. Like you fed it yourself into mm -hmm. the counter. And so it wasn't just that they ran out of like printer paper. It's like a special kind of paper. So yeah, that's, important. Like, yep. that's important to say, because when you're starting to prepare for a midterm election where, you know, the voter turnout is going to be pretty high. I mean, that was a significant election. Mm -hmm. um, you, it's not like you're just talking about like going to Staples and getting like a ream of printer paper. Like this is special paper. You would think that they would be prepared. But go ahead. Sorry, I digress. 
it's incredible too. And if you look at the um, the job posting of the Luzerne County Director of Elections, it's clearly in it's in that person's duties. Mm-hmm. Full stop. You have to make sure materials and equipment are readily accessible for an election. Sure. Clearly, I mean, I know we're beating a, a, a obvious dead horse here, but it's it's incredible that what happened even happened because you ever seen that thing? You have one job, or you had one job. You talk about that with like football and everything. Like yeah. clearly, you had one job. This sure. is the one job this person had to ensure that the elections would go off smoothly. Right. And you know, some of the the media and some of the the uh, you know the basement dwellers on social media like to say like. Oh, you know, there was it was only this many precincts versus this many and this many. Let I'll remove all that for this conversation because to me it's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. What's relevant is that the county themselves put up a little whiteboard. Everybody's kind of seen that picture, I think, right? Yes. Where it had all the precincts that were affected by the paper shortage. Yes. So we did our own homework uh, because that's what we do. We don't trust other people, and right. when we went through every single precinct listed on that that whiteboard, which was not our whiteboard, right? No, that was the county, right? That was some somebody that was working in the county. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Correct. Let's be clear. That was them saying these are the affected precincts, which were 48 of them that the DA has now said, I think it was 12 or 14. But on those, we went and looked at the voting population. And it was at least two to one Republican over Democrat. And at some points, it was nine to one ratio of Republican voters versus Democrat voters. Why is that important? Because we know that Republican voters traditionally show up the day of to vote in person. Mm -hmm. So again, is there something to it? I don't know. Just like, you know, you could read through some of the articles that came out in the media. I'm not declaring that I know that there was wrongdoing. Right. What we're saying is that the people that pay for this process to go on deserve to know exactly what went on and we need transparency that's the bottom line absolutely and that's the way you fix things mm-hmm. if you never get to the bottom of what happened how do you fix it you don't Correct. and so we just have to assume that all the rest of our elections going forward are going to be another debacle you know so and we th- that's not you know that's not democracy that's not where we live that's not what we want to live in so i mean i think it's important that we do demand that transparency and it is every citizen's right to do that and so yes. that's what we did right that's what we did so to even go back i showed up at the november 14th meeting so they had a special Ele- luzerne county election board meeting which rightfully so they should have had that after it, we made national news as a complete embarrassment Right. There was certainly a need that the public wanted to come out and hear answers from these elected or appointed officials of our county that are part of this process or oversee this process. Right. Mm -hmm. So on November 14th, again, let's be fair. You know, you show up and you tell these elected officials or you at least question these elected officials and say, what happened? You might not have all the answers at that point in time. I mean, again, to be fair, but you had from the time the election occurred until November 14th what is six, seven days Mm -hmm. to get some answers, some answers. You don't need to have all of them. You need to have some. And there should have been some level of, you know, apologetic type rhetoric that was, that was talked about during that meeting, but it wasn't. And this is where I was really shocked by the way the election board acted during that meeting. So the, the chair of the election board, Denise Williams, Mm -hmm. you said public comment. So I went up for three minutes 
The next guy went up for three minutes, uh, minutes, excuse me. A lot of people spoke during that meeting. The only thing she cared about from my perspective was to get to the next person. Yeah. She was not interested in any questions. She was not interested in answering any questions. She had no appetite to even indulge our questions whatsoever. And to me, that was extremely disappointing. It wasn't surprising. It was disappointing. Mm -hmm. But again, that's not the way a representative government works. When you're put in a position like that, you're paid for by taxpayer dollars. You owe us answers. Mm -hmm. You don't get to sit back there and say, we're not answering any questions. Next comment. We're not answering any questions. Next comment. Now, by the law, it doesn't compel you to answer the questions, but give me a break. Let's be real human beings here. Right. If something as bad as that goes on, somebody needs to answer questions. And it didn't occur on November 14th. And that's important because the very next day after I tried to be fair and cordial with the election board and they chose not to answer my questions, entertain them, basically just shunned me off and just next person, next person, next person. Then I submitted a right to no request. Mm -hmm. I would have been happy with the answers that night had they answered my questions. We right. don't need to go through this process, but again. No, and it, and it takes time. It took time and extra effort on your part to have to do it. So if they had just answered the questions, it would have been a lot easier for everybody. Correct. And it, it's a really easy answer too. And that, that's, you're going to hear today, which is kind of amazing for some people. It, it was a really easy answer. So let me just go through the right to knows real quick, real quick. So I submitted three right to knows. First one, who procured the paper, you know, the stock paper that would make the ballots for the election? Easy one. Secondly, who held the contract, the contract, excuse me, for um, the transportation of the election equipment from the voting election equipment warehouse to each precinct? Mm -hmm. Again, very easy. That's an easy one they could pull up. It's a contract. Which would include paper. Which... Well, right? yeah, it would, yeah. Is that why? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Right. Exactly. Okay. And, and traditionally, over the last few elections, they would bring the equipment and extra supplies. Right. Okay. Why didn't that? Why didn't that happen this time? Still, we'll talk about that later. Mm -hmm. But then the third one, which was the subject of the one that made its media rounds, was, and I'll read it because I want to be clear because I gotta, I want to add on to this because there's a part of this that I think people are questioning. All digital recordings, videotaped footage, and recorded surveillance of Luzerne County official buildings from September 1st, 2022 to November 16th, 2022, which include, but are not limited to, locations where election equip equipment is stored, picked up, and received. Think of the warehouse. Right. Also included in this request are all locations where sorting, reviewing, transposing, collecting, and counting of official ballots for the 2022 midterm election occurred. That's the part you didn't see a lot in the uh, the three articles that were written by local newspapers. But we're gonna we're gonna delve more into that because that's an important part of it. Okay. But let, let me just give responses to the first two. This, and this is what I when I say this is an easy request. Luzerne County could have just went over to the administrative division. They could have pulled up the contract they had on file with Dominion Voting Systems, mm -hmm. and they would have seen right in that contractual language that Dominion Voting Systems was not responsible for any of the consumable items. Consumable includes paper. Correct. If you can consume it and then discard it when you're done, yep. that's a consumable. It's easy stuff. So if they had seven days before that special election meeting, they could have found that information out. It took me a total of about 15 minutes online and I found the contract and I was able to discern 
who was responsible for the paper. Mm -hmm. They also gave me that as part of my right to know response, which again, I, I kind of already had it just through the internet alone, but I'll give them some kudos. They provided that back to me. Right. The second part was the transportation contracts. Mm -hmm. um, that to me wasn't really concerning because these folks literally are just bidding on a job to pick something up, bring it over and drop it off. Yep. Unless there was something on footage that would show potential wrongdoing, that's not something I would investigate further. I'd mm -hmm. say, okay, they got the job. Great. We paid it. Good deal. Let's move on. The third one was the big one again, because <clears throat> Luzerne County, you know, gave me the first two, but right. then the third, the third one, the election footage, they denied. And they denied on the basis of safety and security, which I know we talked about this during our monthly meeting. Mm -hmm. You can use safety and security to deny, to deny almost anything, right? You can use that as a catch-all. You can say, right. oh, my God, planes are going to crash. People are going to die. It's the end of the world. I can't give you anything. Mm -hmm. So that was the one, and that's the one we're going to talk about here today, because that, to me, is the important one. Now... Really quick, we have a previous podcast on right to knows and right to know law and all that stuff, so we won't belabor this. But again, just to make, you know, to draw the attention back to the language of the right to know law, public records are the onus of the agency to prove that they shouldn't be public. Does that make sense? Yes. So it's when not you request right. something, it's you don't have to prove that you think it's a public record. They have to prove that it's not a public record. Mm -hmm. So they don't get to just say, no, sorry, it's not public. Move on. Mm -hmm. That's not the way the law was written. The law was actually written somehow in some ways to help us. Right. So, you know, we, we went through the right to know appeal process and we went to the office open records, who is the authoritative source for any appeals. And the Pennsylvania Office of Open Records ruled in our favor that Luzerne County did not establish that basis, that they were able to deny us based upon security or safety concerns mm -hmm. because they basically just provided conjecture or um, what's the other one they said? It was like assertions or something. But basically, you know, long story short, you can't just say it's a safety issue without proving it's a safety issue. Right. You, know, and you can't you just never... say it. Just to be clear, you never wanted to have anyone's faces or any identities revealed. Like this was not, you know, to go after specific individuals. Like this is we don't even know if there's any wrongdoing on this on this tape, right? We just we simply just wanted to see the footage and they were, you know, we were clear about the fact that we didn't care if I don't know if that is in your right to know initially, but like we have been clear that we did not care if they took out or blurred out faces. So we didn't have, we didn't have the identity of the people in the videos. Yeah. I made that clear to the office open records as well as during the, the actual court proceedings. I made that clear to anybody that wanted to listen to me. And I have a little bit of background in that field when it comes to security and all that. And I was, I was a little baffled because first and foremost, I said, blur the names or excuse me, blur the identities of the people. They deserve a, a right to privacy. Mm -hmm. we believe wholeheartedly in the constitution always will. That's what we're here for. So people have a constitutional right to privacy. I'm not, I'm not looking to do anything with that. 
So blur them out. I don't care who they are. I never did care who they were. Mm -hmm. But if there is wrongdoing that's found, now it becomes a criminal situation. Right. So now those protections could go away. But that's up to law enforcement to decide. That's not up to me to decide. Mm -hmm. But as a citizen, I deserve the right to see if something went awry. And that's exactly why we said that. Exactly. And so after we appealed to the Office of Open Records, then what happened that led to a court proceeding? So I was really baffled by this one because it uh, it was eye-opening to me. Luzerne County came the very next day and their solicitor made a comment to both myself, the requester, and the appeals officer, who was an attorney with the Office of Open Records, and said Luzerne County will not be providing this video footage. It was an absolute statement. It had nothing to do with, well, if you get a court order or if you get told you have to, it was simply an absolute statement. We are not providing this footage. And I was like, what if you get a court order that you have to? Are you are you really saying that right now, that you're just flat out not going to provide it? Mm -hmm. And that goes into the attitude. <laughs> it, it is, right? It's, it's amazing that people think like this. Yeah. That goes into the attitude of some of these folks that are in these positions in the county and, and, and truly in government altogether. They just believe that they're above the law. They believe that they are mighty and powerful and, and you shall listen to what they say no matter what mm -hmm. that's not the way this works and again that's not how a representative government works right so but they did say that so how did you end up having to go to court because remember if, for those of you who don't know this is all taking place before i took my spot as di executive director in january the end of january so all of this is is happening before i get here i know the story but i still don't understand how you had to go to court. They did not. Okay. So the office of open record says to them, you have to provide this. And they're like, no. <laughs> and so yeah. the next thing I know you're go. you have to go to court. So what happened? How, how did that work? So they, this is pretty frustrating too. So an agency, again, using our taxpayer funds, mm -hmm. if they get a ruling, they don't like from the office of open records, they can petition a local court of common pleas Okay. To prevents that order from going into effect. All right. So it's basically an appeal, mm -hmm. but you don't appeal back to the OR because the OR is, is traditional. Well, it's, it's thought of as a quasi judicial tribune. So they're not necessarily a, a judicial entity. You know what I mean? They're basically, they're there as kind of a third party arbiter, if you will. And they, right. they have their legal scholars and their lawyers. They look at it and say, here's what we think. But they're not able to enforce actions. They're, okay. you know what I mean? So that's why your appeal then goes to the local Court of Common Pleas, which in this case, that's what happened. Luzerne County appealed to the Luzerne County Court of Common Pleas. Okay. And they have to do so within 30 days of the final determination from the Office of Open Records, which they did. And next thing you know, it, you get into that lawyer thing. And I made a determination right off the bat that as a citizen, as a just a regular person, this is not, I'm not getting an attorney. No. I should not have to get an attorney. You should have access to these records, period. And the fact that they're literally using taxpayer resources to then go after a citizen was mind boggling to me. And I said, I'm just going to do this on my own. I don't know much about how to do paperwork and all that good stuff, but it is what it is. You got to learn it. But there was mm -hmm. no way I was going to pay money out of pocket to fight this. Mm-hmm. So I waited for the process to kind of work its way. Had to find out what I needed to do. Right. 
So when uh, when Luzerne County submitted their um, kind of their written, you've seen them kind of the written argument, if you will, mm-hmm. I had to respond to that. So we went back and forth on this process of file response, file response. And then finally yeah. in April of this year, what is that, about six months or so later after yeah. the appeal and everything? Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to go in front of a Luzerne County judge um, and actually argue this. Now, this was a... <laughs> I won't make this a, a too long of a story, but you know, it, it was, it was eye opening and it was a really interesting experience for me. Cause again, I had to take a day off of work to go down there and to be your own attorney, to be my own. I was pro se for lack of a better term, because right. I was a defendant, but I wasn't being sued or anything. They just petitioned. So Correct. it wasn't like, I didn't really have to defend myself. I just had to defend the fact that citizens have access to this, to this stuff because mm-hmm legal scholars had said so and, and and then you get into that whole tug of war but um it was it was really disappointing and, and literally comical because when we were sitting there it was the Luzerne County solicitor on one side I was on the other side they brought in an expert witness from the sheriff's department um and literally you know the judge opened up we went back and forth a few times but every single time I spoke this is the funny part I would be like eh and objection, eh, objection. And it was just nonstop. It was like a barrage. And I'm like, I'm just like some regular guy down here trying to get answers and, and work through this process. And you're objecting and I'm getting, to everything that I can't even get a word out. And you're objecting. I couldn't even get a word out. I mean, I even looked at the judge at one point. I said, what do you want me to do? Um, th- this is this is wild. Like, I'm not there to play these, these legal arm wrestling games right. and all the political and legal garbage that goes on like can we erase all that can we just talk about the substance of why i'm here so um as we traditionally do at citizens advisory pennsylvania we've we talked throughout the whole thing us as a group and we had all of our paperwork ready we had all the homework done so when i showed up there and i start providing you know reference rulings and all that from the or i entered them into the record and the judge was able to see that. She was able to obviously hear me, hear the other side. And, and she looked at uh, nonsense objections, which I'm sure maybe even played a part in her. Like, what are these people trying to do? You know, you, you know, you, you hope so. Again, I don't know the I don't know traditional but, landscape too well, but you would right. hope she could see through what was going on. I mean, I'm yeah. just trying to get to the bottom of this. Right. And for the reasons that were already articulated in the OOR ruling, uh, the Luzerne, Luzerne County, I believe, really just affirmed that. And I, I want to read it because I did find it. And I, was, I was looking for this before. Um, the county has not offered more than speculation or conjecture to show a reasonable likelihood of endangering the safety or security, blah, 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 blah. So, again, you can say that all you want. You have to actually prove it. You know what I mean? Like. This is a this is America. You have rights and all that, but also you don't get to make false claims or throw out statements thinking that just because you said it, that's that's the rule. You got to right. prove it. You got to bring some facts and receipts with you to do that. So went through the process, and uh, the, the recent news for us was that on September fourteenth, we got a order from Luzerne County that basically affirmed the Office of Open Records ruling that we are entitled to see those records. It is public record. You can't hide behind something because you say so. you got to prove it. They didn't prove it. So that's what happened. So we won that ruling. And honestly, that is so huge. And I just, it makes me so happy because like 
it was something that we very easily could have given up on and just been like, oh, well, like Luzerne County is refusing, whatever, you know, I mean, not many people, Ben, would go and argue in front of a court, uh, you know, without an attorney on me, you know, just as a citizen, like that's very intimidating for some. So um, like kudos to you for actually doing it and following through because it does show that that persistence paid off. So now we do get to get to the bottom of this and we get to view this footage. Um, so what does that look like moving forward? Like we know it's so significant. This is very significant in terms of like um, a win for the regular citizens of this county. We need to know what happened on election day. What mm -hmm. happens now, like moving forward? What so there's... Do have how many days to do what? So they have 30 days to redact all the... Uh... Or blur all the, the the people in the videos. Okay. After that timeline um, expires, then they have 30 days to work with me on inspection of records. What that's going to look like, I can't tell you right now. Right, we don't know. I'm I'm not dumb. I know that there's going to be some potential roadblock attempts ahead. We're prepared for that. We're prepared for all the different angles that might be thrown at us. I won't get too much into that because I'm not going to give give away our strategy. Right. But but I am prepared for all the different options. But regardless, there's now a court order that is going to compel them to comply with the fact that those are public records. So if they choose not to do that, then there's there's many other issues out there that that'll be addressed. But I want to bring up one point that I brought up before. Some of the questions I got on this were, "Hey Ben, it sounds like it's only the warehouse. It's not. If you if you." Listen back to what I said at the beginning. Anywhere where there was sorting, transposing, counting, that would include where they actually had the adjudication process at Penn Place mm -hmm. or any other place where they had to literally take ballots, get them in front of you, look at them, review them, and then count them. Mm -hmm. Also included in this request is um, the Pittston Dropbox location. Mm-hmm. This was originally taken off of a separate RTK because this fell into the investigative um, exemption, right? But now it's back on the table because the investigation is done over with. So more to come on that one, but I just want folks to understand this is not simply looking at a warehouse and seeing what people are doing with the election equipment at the warehouse, right? Because that... That, that's not the entire scope. The scope's bigger than that. Right. And it's going to probably take some man hours to look at all this stuff, but we'll figure it out. Um, yeah, we'll figure that out. There's already, you know, it sure has to be not going to make it easy on us. They're not going to make no, it easy. But it has to be reasonable. I yeah. mean, again, it goes back to every judge is still a person and they they have they have reason to them. So if if it becomes just this insane, burdensome, you can only come down here for 15 minutes on Monday, 15 minutes on Tuesday. Yeah. Like we'll have, we'll have a response to that. I'm not too worried about that. Cause I think that uh, they're going to have to comply with you. Bottom line. Absolutely. 